Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. What is up, everyone? This is Andy, and you're listening to the podcast that talks to people in the outdoor and hiking community to find out what drives them to go out and hike. Not only what drives them, we want to hear the stories of the people on the trail behind the trekking poles. We know that there are all kinds of resources for gear and for you know packs and and best practices and those are great resources and we've had some of those people on the show but we want to find out the why of hiking we want to demystify hiking and you know we just like talking hiking um like i said my name's andy i have no trail name yet i don't i've only been hiking for the last 12 months hiking has changed me and is changing my family for the better And I just like talking to others within the hiking community. And you all have shown me so much love this last week. First of all, I want to thank our guest last week, Renee Patrick. Thank you so much for being awesome and coming on the show and telling other people about the show. I just, I'm so blown away. And so many of you have reached out, asked for stickers, have just emailed and said, hey, I love the show. Uh, If you want to email me, you can email me, Andy, at hikerpodcast.com. There I will... uh, answer your questions point you in the right direction say thanks for listening but a great way to support this podcast is to leave an apple podcast review and there are so many this week i'm blown away eventually i'm not going to be able to read them all on the air i know but as i still have time i'm going to i want to read this first one from brazil i i don't get these very quickly i have a service that lets me know when other countries do reviews so i know like i probably have some from canada i haven't been able to see yet i'm working on it but have one from Brazil here from Yuri who says, amazing, five stars. I've been really enjoying this podcast. So nice to hear about the experience of experiences of other hikers from the community. Thank you so much, Yuri from Brazil. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we're going on to other reviews here. I have five more, my goodness. Okay, let's, let's go uh, dead on the funk, giving five stars. Says, good stuff. Listen to your first episode while laying in my tent on a chilly summer night on the high Yuntas wilderness and love it. Great content. I can't wait to listen to more. Welcome to the trail, brother. Thank you so much there. Dead on the funk. Also, we have another five-star review from Absent Reviews. That's their username. It says, it's a hit. This show is pretty dang informative, fun, and very entertaining. I laughed, I cried after hiking, and will continue to come back for more happy punishment because it feels good. Yes, type two fun does feel good. Thank you for that wonderful review. Uh, We have another one here from Fathead. Five stars. Great podcast and even greater guy. Thank you, Fathead. I appreciate the kind words. The time and effort put in by Andy into this podcast shows with every episode. You will find yourself immersed in the podcast and engaged throughout. Highly recommended. Thank you so much. Fathead, spelled with a P and an H. Uh, We have, I can't pronounce this username. I-C-K-K-E. Five stars. Like spending time on the trail for those who want to get to know fellow hikers in a way that you would but you would get to know them by hiking on the trail this is a great podcast it's an in-depth discussion backgrounds and experiences are incredibly genuine andy is one of those people who you could meet at a brewery or some other informal gathering and come away feeling like you've you seek them out the next time you see them on a trail 
great listening. Thank you so much for that. And last but not least, we have one from Jay Honey. Uh, great podcast if you're into hiking and hearing the stories about the community. This is definitely the podcast for you. Lots of great insight and advice, plus quality production value, tone and pacing. Can't wait for more. I do pride myself on that. Thank you so much. I don't know if I can read that. That's a lot. I just spent like three straight minutes reading reviews because I, I promised I would. Thank you all for the love and continued love means the world to me that this community has opened their arms and embraced me so 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 much and um if you've been following me on instagram you know what hiking means to me i i have adopted three kids from foster care two with special needs and from from horrible terrible backgrounds and um hiking has been the one thing that has kind of gotten through to them and it's been amazing to watch and just thinking about it i get a little choked up and i'll share more about that in the future um but i have some exciting things that hopefully because of what i've been able to see in them I want I want people who said, hey, write a book about this. I'm like, I'm just starting to get into this whole hiking is healing thing. And I want to see it go further. But I'd love to I'd love to see hiking programs around the world, um, you know, where, where people with, with trauma and, 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 you know, things to get through with, with mental illness and, and mental health. Um, as myself, as I, I was going to a therapist and my therapist suggested go on a hike and I did it. And it was like, this is life changing. Um, I would love to see people experience the benefits of hiking and or the outdoors. I know some people, um, may, may, their cup of tea may not be going on a hike, but just being in the out in the outdoors, or maybe it's rafting or, or, or kayaking or whatever it is. You know, hiking, the outdoors, it's healing. Yesterday, I had the wonderful opportunity to take my oldest daughter for the first time um, hiking ever, and she we, we, we gave her the trail name The Machine, or Miss Machine is what we ended up calling her. Uh, she hiked from the entrance of Crater Lake National Park to the rim and back. It's 12 miles. And she was hi- hiking circles around me and her brother. She was a different person on the trail. Didn't complain once. We got thunderstormed, rained on. It was insane. Um, and I, I just saw a different person. I saw healing happen. So hiking is healing. With that, though, after all that introduction, I am excited about this week's episode because we have an amazing conversation with our show partner and sponsor for the next seven weeks sawyer products you know sawyer the makers of the water filters and the insect repellents and sunscreen and so many other amazing products that help keep us on the trail we have the legendaries these two legendary people i'll let you i'll let them introduce what what they've done but we have i'm just tyler the prodigy lao and andrew peanut glenn on this show they are extremely well-known hikers follow them wherever you could follow them follow sawyer products i'm just so excited to have them here they both work for sawyer um tyler or the prodigy is known for i know i said i wasn't gonna let them introduce i'm just so excited i'm gonna introduce it he's known for hiking the triple crown in a calendar year that's insane andrew pina is known for connecting the continental divide trail with the great divide trail in canada just kept going insane legendary through hikers both work for Sawyer, both amazing guys. I am so glad I got to have an amazing conversation about hiking and social justice and it just, oh, just, and, and, and Sawyer. We talked so much about Sawyer and the great product Sawyer has and what Sawyer's doing. And for the next six weeks after this episode, our sponsor will be Sawyer and we're going to have what's called the Sawyer segment where I have a conversation with either Andrew or Tyler talking about something that Sawyer's doing around the world, like getting clean water in Liberia or one of their products like the Sawyer Squeeze or Repellent. And we're just going to talk about it. And it, it, this is great stuff. And this is stuff I used before they were sponsors. And that's why I was so excited to have them as sponsors. 
with that said sawyer has graciously allowed offered is is sponsoring a giveaway where if you go on to my instagram or the hiker podcast instagram hiker podcast is just at hiker podcast my instagram is at andy films and hikes there's a post there with some sawyer repellent and a sawyer squeeze you go ahead you like that post you follow me you follow sawyer you follow the hiker podcast on instagram and then you leave a tag comment for a hiker buddy that's someone you'd go hiking with and you're entered to win a new sawyer squeeze and two bottles of repellent one of the skin repellent one for your gear we talk all about that here in the future about what all that stuff does and why it's important and disease prevention on the trail just so excited so go do that while you're listening on your instagram uh, yeah guys i'm excited i've i've fallen more in love with this company sawyer and what they're doing Uh, and providing hikers the tools they need to stay on the trail, stay safe, stay stay disease-free, and what they're doing to give back and to give clean water and education about Lyme disease and just, oh gosh. So without any further ado, I want to introduce Andrew and Tyler, better known as Peanut and the Prodigy, on this week's episode of The Hiker Podcast. What is up there, hikers? This is Andy here. And um, like I said at the top of the show, had a great opportunity to partner with a company you all know and uh, you've used them, whether it's for insect repellent or water filtration, or you've just seen it on Instagram. Uh, We're partnering with Sawyer Products. And I wanted to really get to know the people behind the products and talk to Um, some of the people who work for Sawyer and not just, you know, push, Hey, buy this filter or Hey, buy this insect repellent. So I have the wonderful opportunity to talk with through hikers and kind of both legends in the through hiking community, Andrew and Tyler, better known as, uh, peanut and prodigy guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking with me about your hiking journeys. How are you all doing today? Yeah, Andy, we're doing good. Uh, Excited to be on the show and uh, chat about Sawyer and about hiking and uh, the intersection of the two. How are you doing today, Prodigy? Yeah, I'm pretty much echoing what uh, Peanut said. Just excited to be on here, uh, be a part of the community and give back. So before we get into what we're going to talk about today, our focus today is going to be how hiking has changed you to change the world around you and make an impact in the world around you. Um, first, we're just going to start with, with Prodigy. Prodigy, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, where you come from, and uh, you know the, the general stuff hikers would want to know. Uh, the general loaded hiker questions, right? Um, yes. So my name is Tyler, but my trail name is Prodigy. Uh, I guess it started out as The Prodigy, but at this point, we'll just take the the out. Um, haven't met another one yet, so we'll we'll have to decide that when we run into each other on trail. But I'm from uh, California and Hong Kong, so I'm a dual citizen. And I grew up, uh, yeah, in both both areas and just fell in love with the outdoors as a, as a kid playing outside and kind of eventually stumbled my way onto what we call through hiking or long distance hiking and it's it's been a joy and you're you're being super humble here too because i mean you've you've made some pretty significant you know accomplishments in the through hiking community um you're only the ninth person overall 
to do a calendar year triple crown, the first person of color to accomplish that feat. Um, could just explain to our listeners, what does it mean? Because we have a lot of new hikers listening. What does a calendar year triple crown mean? They know what a triple crown is. That's doing the CDC, the PCT, and the AT. But you did it all in a calendar year? That seems a little impossible, but you did it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a topic I usually bring up unless someone prompts it. So thank you for prompting it. Um, it's, yes, a, a triple crown of hiking in the United States is hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, the Continental Divide Trail, and the Appalachian Trail. Um, and you can do that over a lifetime. You can do it in sections. You know, some people take 20 years, 30 years, some do it in three years, back to back to back. I decided I wanted to try it and do it all within a calendar year, which for me meant if I started in 2018, I had to finish in 2018. So I was able to complete it barely (laughs) in uh, 2018, starting in April, and I finished uh, December 29th. So I had two days to spare. And that's being, um, yeah, like you said, being humble, because there were definitely points on, on a on a trip like that where you question everything you're doing from every step you're taking to every, uh, every town you get into is, is this my last town? Um, so yeah, I, I tried that or I did that in 2018, which was also a very popular year apparently because four other people successfully did it that year. So we doubled the number pretty much. That is awesome. Now, Andrew, you, you've had your accomplishments within the hiking community. Well, first tell us about, yourself who you are where you're from what you do and and all the normal hiking stuff people want to know <laughs> sure yeah yeah for sure uh yeah so my name's andrew glenn i am a texan uh, so one of like the yeah many texans that get out, out to the trails uh been in texas past uh five or six years or so grew up in arkansas uh similar to prodigy just playing out in the woods and have three older sisters but we were always just like out in the creek and playing out in the meadow so uh, i feel like that was like my main introduction into the outdoors and my mom is from california so we would come out here load up the suburban and we had a toilet in the back of our suburban and just like wouldn't take breaks like we just camp along the road just like i don't know full throttle family road trips um so that was kind of like my catalyst into the outdoors and national parks and over the years uh, yeah, grew into uh, the through hiking space uh, kind of accidentally. I really loved hiking and camping, but realized I had never backpacked before. And uh, I had committed to like with a friend in college, just like pretty flippantly, we're like, oh, we're going to hike the PCT together and like chose a year in 2017. My friend Shelby and I were like, we're going to hike the PCT. And then as like dreams made way to plans. Uh, yeah. It turned out that it was 2016 and the next year I was planning to hike the PCT and never backpacked before. So threw on a backpack, got into hiking and, um, I love it. And kind of have, it's transformed the past couple of years, both in career and interests. Um, now location, I moved out to Bend, Oregon about two months ago and, um, have, yeah, it's, it's fun to see the transformation of trajectory of a lot of like a lot of aspects of my life and relationships, career, passions, and 
Yeah, it's neat. Awesome. And you, you've had some significant through hiking accomplishments as well. You were only the fifth person to connect the CDT, the Continental Divide Trail, to Canada's Great Divide Trail in 2019. Talk a little bit about that. What what, what was that like? What did that look like? Yeah. Um, it it was a route that just kind of made sense in my head. Uh, once I learned of the Great Divide Trail, um, I had a book that I was just kind of flipping through trails after the PCT. Well, first I got to Canada after the PCT and I was like, I'm never through hiking again. Like this was awesome, but like <laughs> never again. And then the next year I was like, okay, maybe I'll like test the waters again, hike the JMT with my dad. And it was a confirmation that um, trails were going to be in my life for a while. And so, yeah, I uh, was thinking about the CDT and had tossed around like possibly doing the Teotihuacan as well or doing like the Camino with my mom and then as I learned more about the Great Divide Trail I was excited to keep on going north uh, from Waterton and uh, going up to Lake Kakwa so the Great Divide Trail it's an incredible route and um, a lot of it is on maintained trail a lot of it's on uh, jeep roads but a good portion especially the northern section is um, some bushwhacking and route finding in the Alpine and that, that thrilled me, uh, especially just thinking about the stretch of the Rockies and the diversity in landscape from New Mexico up through Jasper. Um, I was really excited to just see like the transformation and wonder and, uh, just diversity and landscape throughout in the communities that like backdrop them to from small town, New Mexico to kind of bougie, mountain towns in Canada. It was fun to see, like, again, just the, uh, the differences in each spot. Awesome. So you both have, you know, between you tens of thousands of miles of hiking, you have accomplished, you know, big things within the through hiking community, but for both of you, I'm, I'm curious, what, what is it about hiking that keeps you coming back to the trail? Whether it is just day hiking or backpacking or, or through hiking, We'll start with you, Prodigy. What is it that keeps you coming back each time for more to, you know, to do a triple crown in a year and, and to do the JMT and to do all these things and, and to keep going time after time, trail after trail? That is a question I ask myself every time and probably every day <laughs> that I'm out there in, in some way, shape or form. It, it's, I think, well, to let to summarize it in a way, I, I had a friend tell me this: of we're all out there for different reasons, but the same reason, and that reason is our own. And I feel like that's something that's really important when you go out is to get away from comparing your experience, your trip, your hike to anybody else. It's really easy with social media these days, and. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Everybody wants to get that glamour shot on uh, uh, McAfee Knob or on Forrester Pass or, you know, on Gray's Peak. And it's it's not always smiles. It's not always being clean and having the best uh, Sony Alpha camera. It's, it's really everything in between because those snapshots only capture so much. So for me, it's about experiencing the moments that you don't really need to justify why you're there. Like I've walked through Glacier Peak Wilderness twice now in the last few years. And every time I go 
there's just this feeling that comes over me. It's, it's almost like I'm one with everything around me, the land, the air, the water, and I could just sit down and everything would be okay. And that's a feeling you don't, or that I don't get, I know for sure. Um, but I, I imagine a lot of people don't feel that a lot in their daily lives to just be able to sit and not have a worry in the world. Um, I think there's there's so much healing that these trails, the lands we go over, that you know you can't define them per se, but it, it's just this feeling that you carry with you and that you experience out there. So for me, there's there's a multitude of reasons, but it's it's moments like that that remind me like this is special, and you can't really describe it until you're out there. Very cool. Andrew, same question. What keeps you going back, especially after you said, after the PCT, the Pacific Crest Trail, I'm done. I'm never doing this again. And then you decide, you know, to do the CDT, which is one of the harder of the Triple Crowns, from what I understand, and then connect it with the Great Divide Trail. What what keeps you coming back? Uh, yeah, well, first, Prodigy, that was a really great summary because I, I feel like it just got transported to different moments of trail where I've felt that connection so it's bringing myself back right now uh yeah andy i think i'm, I'm really curious and so uh just a really curious person and so as each of these trails has something different to offer in both culture and the people that come out to them and the communities that they pass through and then just the landscapes themselves um it, it, it's just so um there's so much important stuff to learn and to experience um, in each facets of what these trails can provide. So curiosity. And then I've seen myself um, just grow over the past few years, grow deeper into self, um, grow deeper into how to be a friend, how to be a good trail family member, a good trail sibling. Uh, it, and then this uh, sharpening of my senses as well. Um, I feel like I can easily get wrapped up into the day-to-day -day with work and feeling like my senses are getting dulled, whether it's too many emails or kind of get getting wrapped up into the, uh, kind of like the daily beat. And then I think it's more of like the outdoors. Yes, these trails, but really my posture to the outdoors right now um, has been a way to just like kind of resharpen senses um, and then building like, meaning uh, with these landscapes. And it's really fun right now. I could drive from Texas to the West Coast and cross two of my footpaths and uh, have each of those footpaths are just saturated with so much meaning. And uh, whether it's like a random town in New Mexico or uh, a significant spot where I had uh, like a meal with my trail family in Northern California, I, I can cross these paths and just see um, story and meaning and how it's built me to who I am now. So it's fun to have these like relationships and memories of with, uh, yeah, with our, with our country and um, yeah, with these spaces that have held stories for years and years and years. And it's a joy to, have a story contributed to that 
Now you you had mentioned uh, before with the the high the high snow years of uh, 2017 2019 that during your through hikes, Andrew, you kind of fell in love with mountaineering a little bit, which is strange because the first time I ever did trail magic, I just started getting into hiking and I heard about the PCT and like, oh, I live five minutes from the PCT. There's this thing called Trail Angels and Trail Magic, so I started hanging out with hikers and, and talking with them and. The first, you know, trail magic I ever did, I was taking some hikers from Ashland to Syed Valley. And I had asked them all the things I thought you should ask. Like, when did you get to Kennedy Meadows? And you know, when did you do this and that? You know, completely naive. And I'm asking, you know, how was the Sierras? And like, oh, we skipped it. And nothing on them. But like, we skipped it because we're not mountaineers. And I heard that a lot. People were like, I'm not a mountaineer. I'm not chancing it. Which, you know, <laughs> hike your own hike. That's cool. But you seem to have fallen in love with it. Like, <laughs> It's like, give me the pickaxe. Get me out there. What is it about, you know? those high snow years that didn't discourage you, but encouraged you. Right. Uh, yeah, it was a total plot twist. Um, when 2017 hit, I remember it was like February when I started realizing like, Oh shit. Like, Oh shit. Like this is going to be a pretty, uh, like pretty gnarly snow year And my Texas brain. I was like, wow. Like more than half an inch is like enough to cancel school. And so, Coming into it, I, I at the time had a trip to Colorado planned, and so I got micro spikes and like tried this out and like practiced self arresting with my ice axe at St. Mary's Glacier out in Colorado. And just to throw in a more technical element, and just like the I think it was also just the sexy element of an ice axe, it was like just this attractive like piece of gear. I was like, oh, it looks cool. And so when the Sierra, when I got to Kennedy Meadows in, uh, I think it was last week of May or June 1st in 2017, uh, I was with uh, the guy that I'd been hiking with for 600 miles and I trusted him. He was trained in swift water rescue. And from what my understanding from like stories from 2011, which was another high snow year, that was going to be kind of the main crux of the Sierra was the high water crossings. Um and so, yeah, when I entered in with him, I trusted him. And I think that was a key thing. And just to have that trust with uh, whoever your team is, but whether it's trail family or uh, a party for a mountain summit, you just have to have that trust. And to build that from the start of just my very early mountaineering, like, really first time using ice axe and crampons. Uh, it's hilarious looking at photos. My ice axe on my pack is very dangerously placed. And uh, I had like a crampon completely bust out on top of Forrester. And so it was a good intro because shit hit the fan in a lot of ways. Um, and that's what happens with mountaineering. But uh, so yeah, when 2019 rolled around with the CDT, I was excited to kind of jump in Colorado, learn what that type of snow is, which is just rotten, um, and then throw on snowshoes and skis at some point to get through Colorado. And then now it's, it's fun to kind of continue to learn new skills and press myself, but also keeping the pulse on trust, skill level, and um, enjoyment too, because I think uh yeah that's my main uh something that was my main hesitation into getting into the outdoors and even for my 
eighth grade was this imposter syndrome, seeing something that was very technical, scary. I mean, it was like sport climbing, but it was uh, my main uh, barrier into getting into the outdoors. And so that's something I try to keep a pulse on now as I move into more technical uh, recreation is, am I still making it look um, look fun and enjoyable and accessible and um, keeping that like, hand on uh, community and outdoors. That, that's something that's pretty important as I talk about like, mountaineering. Awesome. So prodigy kind of the same thing to you. You, you had no option if you're doing the, the triple crown in a, in a calendar year, you, you have no option to, to flip flop or, you know, skip the Sierras. How, how did you handle those aspects of, you know, trudging through, you know, the snow and the mountaineering aspect of it? Yeah. So I first hiked the PCT in 2016 and that was a regular snow year. So there's been years and years of drought before that. So when we experienced the Sierras in 16, we had all this fear mongering and people freaking out before we even got to the Sierras. So I was kind of ready in that sense, because by the time I got in there, I was fairly comfortable. Um, I, I'd lived in Montana as well for four years in the trail work out there. So it was very comfortable in the snow. And by the time I got to Canyon Meadows uh, in 2018, I realized, oh, it's going to be just like 2016. Um, I did miss the big snow years. Uh, Peanut had 2017, and then the following year was another big snow year, apparently. So I got the regular snow years. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with just, you know, I was able to recreate in the snow, in the mountains, um, on my own beforehand to get comfortable. Uh, depending on where I was. And then just, I think the big thing for people is their expectation to maintain a 20, 25 mile uh, day for the entire PCT because they hear it's flatter than the AT or the CDT should be tempered because once you start moving in snow and like the creek crossings that become river crossings, like uh, Andrew was saying, you know, everything slows down. So, like you have to know that going in and know that the spreadsheets that you made are going to go out the door because as, as anybody that recreates in the outdoors knows you can have the most well-planned trip and have all the best gear, but mother nature is in charge. So if you aren't adaptable and flexible, that's when things can become dangerous and that's when things can break down. So for me, it's always keeping that heads up attitude of, Hey, maybe today isn't going to be a 25 mile day, but I'm going to do the best I can to get close to that. Or maybe there's a safer spot to camp at 20 miles. And you know, it's really about situational awareness and knowing how to check your ego. And if the trail doesn't check your ego, maybe through hiking isn't for you. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Prodigy, kind of sw switching gears a little here a little bit. As I've you know, gotten into the hiking community myself and gotten to know people and started this podcast, I've been asking people, you know, who should I should talk to. Your names come up quite a bit. Even last week's guest, Renee Patrick, said, "Oh, you got to get Prodigy on." And then when I found out you were part of Sawyer um, and was coming on, I'm like, "I don't even have to try. This is just happening. This is awesome." But you are beloved within the hiking community. You're known as the king of memes. You've you've 
you know, these me I'm looking at your Instagram right now. It's hilarious. Um, besides just the whole being funny aspect, what what pushes you to to put these memes out about hiking in the through hiking community? Um, firstly, th- thank you, Renee, and anybody else that mentioned my name. I, I'm truly humbled by that. Uh, secondly, I, I would not announce myself as the king of memes per se. I would say I'm fairly new to the meme making community. I, I didn't make one until last year, actually, to be honest, almost. Yeah, 11 months ago, um, I was sitting in Colorado, uh, and it was really hot, and I was like, I think I'm going to try to make a meme today, and just started making them, and realized after 12 hours, I had had this continuous stream of memes, Um, (laughs) and it it was almost like my creative form of expression, where I uh, kept telling myself I I wasn't an artist, but maybe this is my way of expressing myself. Um, I think it's just you know, with memes, especially in this day and age and at this moment in time, it's a way for people to, one, vent, two, express themselves, and three, have other give other people a smile or a laugh because they can resonate with that situation. So with the, I think with the hiking memes, it's just something kind of like I was saying earlier, like you, you kind of have to check yourself or the trail will check you and your ego. And there's, for me, I, I've seen it, unfortunately, in the long distance hiking community, there, there is this sense of entitlement. And I, I don't think that's a healthy attitude to have. So sometimes I'm making fun of that. And other times I'm just making fun of a situation where like, yeah, I drank unfiltered water and I knew I was gambling because it might not be a spring, but I'm also out of water and there's not another good water source for 10 miles so here goes um yeah i I think it's it's fun it's it's a way to express yourself and it's a way to kind of give people a laugh in these these, uh how i would say surreal times absolutely so on, on your instagram as well um on your on your bio you talk about raising awareness uh to diversity for the outdoors um, as a person of color yourself, uh, and this question goes to both of you, um, what, what is the, 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 you identified the major problem, what is the main thing we need to focus on as a hiking community to diversify the outdoors? Cause it is a very white centric, you know, heteronormative, you know, male dominated culture and it's changing, but what, what, what should people in the hiking community do to begin to recognize the problem that, yeah, this is very heteronormative, male-centric, white-centric community, and begin to diversify and include people of every background. And we'll, we'll start with you, Prodigy. So you, you kind of said it uh, towards the end of uh, that part, is you, firstly, you have to acknowledge it. You have to look at the situation and say, hey, there's something wrong or there's something different and something needs to change. Because if you can't see the issue, you become defensive right away. And that's not healthy for conversation or moving the conversation forward or moving progress uh, or to having progress. So for me, it's really important to be out there, um, which is something I I didn't mention earlier. It's important. It was important for me on my calendar year, Triple Crown, um, to show a different face, to show that, hey, I'm out here. I've been out here. 
but I don't want someone else telling my story. I want to tell my story because that, like you said, this, this image of the outdoors has uh, come from a certain lens for so many years. You know, it's about conquering things and, you know, summiting things and becoming the first ascensionist or whatever it is, or the FKT, whatever it is, it's, it's, uh, it needs to change. And so having that conversation with yourself, whoever you are, doesn't matter who you are. It's just, you know, can you take a step back and sit and look at the issue and realize there's an issue and realize someone else's experience is very different than yours. I think that's the first and most important part because a lot of it, again, with social media, it's really easy for people to respond um, online because it's anonymous. You can be whoever you want online. Um, so I, I try to be true to myself as much as I can online. And I, I made it a point during my calendar year hike to raise funds uh, to support organizations that have been fighting to, using air quotes here, diversify the outdoors. Um, because diversity isn't just skin color or ethnicity. It's, it, it includes so many other things, you know, gender identity, uh, sexual identity. And um, I mean, not, let's not even begin to go into the <laughs> rabbit hole of indigenous land rights. Um, it's, I think people see diversity as a trigger word, especially with everything going on right now. Mm-hmm. But it's, it shouldn't just be a word. So it should include in- inclusivity and equity, which are the actions and the results of what diversity really means. So before I get to Andrew, I want, I want to follow up on that. How can, as you know, myself, white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant background, you know, on the trail, how can I avoid tokenism and, you know, just tokenly posting something, um, avoid that and really make an impact on diversifying the outdoors through my posting, through my hiking, through my, my friend groups. What, what can I do as a person, um, with, with who fits into that normal, you know, what the outdoors is supposed to look like air quotes, um, and really fight for diversity in the outdoors. I think uh, one of the steps with, especially with someone that has a podcast is, you know, having different voices and showing different narratives and amplifying those is a great step. Um, As far as being out there, I think it's listening is really important to put yourself in that other person's shoes. Like, hey, maybe he's not getting a hitch for four hours because he looks different than me. Or maybe he had this different experience at a restaurant where everybody turned their heads when he walked in because of the color of his skin. And to, to yeah, tokenization is, a, is also a very uh, hot topic these days. But I think if you come from a, if you're coming from a good place and if you are open to critique and feedback to before posting, talk to someone else as opposed to, you coming off as a savior or uh, a knight in shining armor to save the day, it's it's important to talk to someone else that this might be affecting. I like that. I like that. So, Andrew, I want to I get your take on, on this. How can we um, really amplify 
and diversify the outdoors and what are some of the problems and things you've seen in your travels and your journeys on the trail? Man, uh, I feel like probably you hit the nail on the head on so many levels. Uh, so I can, I mean, I can speak from like a white cisgendered straight passing male point of view. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's an issue and uh, an overdue conversation uh, that we need to be talking about. And, and I think I was pretty naive my first uh, through hike in 2017, uh, mainly because of just the wide eyed, the infatuation of trail. It was also also new. And I think as a new through hiker, you're just soaking in all of the good. Um, and so I think there is a responsibility, like Prodigy is saying, to take a step back and kind of put on, like, take off the rose-scented glasses and pick up a, some specs of reality of, uh, like, seeing the discrimination that does happen um, on trail and in the communities, too. Like, I was on the CDT last year, and there's, I mean, kind of classic town of Ludworth that hikers know is pretty uh yeah has some pretty problematic uh it's, yeah it's statues and figurines and uh, stuff in the restaurants that uh, mm -hmm. are that have sparked conversation and so i think that there's a bit of a responsibility of having those conversations on trail um and then realizing your impact i think that's uh, something that i've had to uh, really honing on and focusing on this summer. It's realizing where is my impact most, um, and focusing like focusing in on that instead of like this kind of spray and pray mentality of advocacy, but actually looking into like, okay, where is my impact? And right now, that's in in my work and my work at Sawyer and with my other clients. Uh, I get to do some marketing work with. Like, that is kind of um, that in addition to like uh, more like longer conversations with family and friends that uh, yeah, that have a little bit more impact than um, my previous approach on social media. And so removing pieces that might be lessening your impact. I think that's a, a key thing. And for me, that was social media and realizing that I can, give a little bit more intention into um, places that, that I get to contribute. Very cool. Um, how can we fight the, the heteronormativeness that we see on trail? This very, just, you know, straight male macho, just, you know, what, what can we do to combat that stereotype we see on, on trail, Andrew? Yeah. Um, well, like I said, I'll, I'll kind of jump back to middle school and like my uh, view of the outdoors. Uh, I had a very limited view of the outdoors just because I, uh, it, I guess the outdoor community and the outdoor industry specifically, uh, just looking through like the indoor climbing gym scene in Little Rock, Arkansas. I mean, not reflective of uh, what I, I've grown to experience today, thankfully. Um, and I think that's because... I've there's a humility that the outdoors calls for 
Um, and when you don't bring humility into the picture and that's what breeds this, um, I mean, for lack of a better word, like toxic, toxic masculinity that, um, can often dominate these circles. But like, I've also, the through hiking space was a huge reclaim for me or like it, it reclaimed, reclaimed the outdoor community. So, um, in a lot of ways, I see the outdoor, the hiking community, kind of busting walls open and uh, bringing back, or maybe introducing a new, um, yeah, fun youth, and uh, I guess like not so serious approach to outdoor recreation that um, we might kind of see dominate in climbing circles. So. Very cool. I think I think I see that too, especially, you know, my my perception growing up of the outdoor community was the very, you know, macho-ness, but then really getting into the community here in Ashland, Oregon. Ashland's just such a loving I mean, it has its issues, don't get me wrong. Um, but it, it has such a, a loving, accepting community and for a very small town in Southern Oregon, uh, diverse, you know, in, in a sense. And it's been really cool to see how the hiking and through hiking community has begun to embrace diversity, but there's still so much work to be done and, and so much further to go. And it's just great to hear um, about the successes and the challenges and to recognize those and see where else we need to go. So I thank you both for, for sharing that. For sure. Um, I think there, sorry, I think there's also a sense of, uh, I mean, talking about gear and outdoors, um, both with, I think, that's something that's uh, often an intimidation factor. Oh yeah, it, talking about yeah, having the best gear and see. It, like, I mean, last night I was like buying climbing gear and I f- just felt like this fourteen-year-old uh, Andrew, like, oh, I need to have like the best this or like, is this the like what's cool now? Like, I don't know. Just trying to like, read up instead of okay, what do I first? What do I have? What can I get? And then like then looking into. Um, gear from there but just taking a different approach to gear and outdoors absolutely and i was actually talking with renee last week about this how i first started hiking about this time last year i walk into rei and i'm just completely overwhelmed and all i have you know my knowledge of hiking is what i'm seeing at rei and what i have on my darwin videos on who i love darwin darwin's great but on my darwin videos on my on my phone here it's like i need this and that and this and okay uh what do i do it's just so intimidating and I love that you don't have to have the best in the top of the line. You just need to get out there and enjoy it. Um, because REI, as much as I love REI, they're, they they do want to sell you stuff. They're wanting to sell you things, and it, like any gear store. Um, but it's important to hike your own hike. So, so Prodigy and, and Andrew as well, both of you. How as we as we as we begin to wrap up, how has hiking, in an overall sense, changed you to then go out? and change the world around you? I know it's a big question, but hiking has obviously impacted you both significantly. How has hiking changed you and prompted you to change the world around you? Let's start with Prodigy. Yeah, I I definitely have some cliche answers I could go down, but for me, I think it's, I wouldn't say it's a change as more of a a reminder to ground myself. Um, This is, kind of repeating myself of just checking my ego because it's not all about me. There are much bigger issues and more important things and people are 
suffering way more than I am. To be able to take six months off to go walk across the country is a privilege for anybody. And just like Andrew alluded to, like gear is not cheap, as you both know. And to to have an employer that is uh, okay with you leaving, or if you're okay leaving because you've saved enough, like there's there's a lot of privilege in that. So for me, it, it's more of a reminder that if I'm able to be out there, I'm doing pretty well. And how do I give back? So for me, it's it's mostly about you know, the last few years about Jedi work, so justice, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how that uh, functions in the outdoor space. So how can I benefit the next generation of potential hikers, uh, climbers, bikepackers, you know, anybody that wants to recreate in the outdoors that is helping challenge that dominant narrative and change the norm of what it means to be outside. And you alluded to it too, like it, you don't have to have you know, the best backpack or what, you know, I'm using air quotes again, like what, what is the best backpack? Cause my body type is different than your body type. So what you use may not be what fits me. And for me, it's just, how do I provide more opportunities for someone else, for maybe a younger me, if I could go back in time to be like, Hey, this is something you might want to look into. And here's a different face that may look like yours so that you're not discouraged when you do walk into an REI and all you see is one type of person on the posters or what you see in the magazines or what you see on YouTube channels or Instagram, like there's other people out here. So how do, so for hiking, it's, it's just bringing me back to earth and, you know, connecting with earth and how do I connect with other people? Cause a lot of people will say that the important things out there aren't always the summits but the people. So for me, it's how do I create more of an inclusive community out there? And how do I take that into my daily life when I'm not hiking? Awesome. How about you, Andrew? Yeah, for me, I think it goes back to um, a lot of the curiosity and beauty that the outdoors and what these trails have taught and, um, yeah, uh, kind of just hit me over the side of the head with, and it, uh, if I'm able to uh, bring others into that and have kind of bring back these eyes of youth um, and create worlds, um, that's that's something I'm uh, that, that what I'm excited about and what I've seen um, over the past couple of years. So more specifically, like in these conversations and as I've been able to just talk to folks from back home, folks from Arkansas, folks from Texas and uh, just get them inspired and thinking of um, just how they can push themselves, see themselves in new ways, um, learn about themselves, learn about other people. Uh, It just sparks this like curiosity and wonder and uh, really refreshed approach to life that I think can carry over into how we see community and how we build community. And it just goes back to just seeing this beauty and love for other people. Um, so that's kind of like a weird triangle, um, that gets 
cyclical, um, a really beautiful process of curiosity, wonder, and love for each other in the outdoors. And um, yeah, that, that's what I get excited about. Awesome. So I, I love talking with you guys and having this conversation. I think we could, gosh, I could, we could do 10 episodes just on, on, you know, impact on, you know, environmentalism and culture and, and social justice as it, as it pertains to the outdoor spaces. And it's something I'm definitely going to be exploring more on this show. Um, but this, this, the, having the two of you on is starting a partnership for the next, this is the first week for, for seven weeks um, with Sawyer products. Um, and the reason I, I, I approach Sawyer uh, wanting to work with Sawyer is because you go online, you read about what they're doing. It's not just about, you know, the profits and, you know, making money They're, they're they are making an impact. And I'm just curious as to what each of you do at Sawyer and, and what is it about Sawyer that you love besides just, we all know the water filters. You, you know, you go down to, to Callahan's here in Southern Oregon, you see the, the packs lined up and you see the smart water bottles with the Sawyer filter on top. It's kind of like standard hiker trash gear. Um, but what is it about co- the company that appealed to you and wh- how, how did you start there? We'll start with Prodigy. Uh, so yeah, I'm a part of the social media team. Um, so if you see anything on Instagram, that's uh, I wouldn't say it's it's all me. Um, again, uh, there there's several of us on the marketing team on it. But what what really appealed to me, um, not, and that's not just using the filters themselves on uh, trail or or the insect repellents when I worked on Trail Crew, but the uh, impact internationally that Sawyer has with uh, communities that don't have access to potable water. Um, that's something really important to me because I um, have lived abroad in areas where water isn't accessible um, and it isn't always clean, so you had to boil it. And that's just something we tend to gloss over, I feel like, in a first world nation that has you know, sinks and faucets. And even when we're out there in the backcountry, like, we have this filter that does so much for us that we can't see. Um, so for me, um, that t- sort of impact really drew me to wanting to partner with Sawyer. How about you, Andrew? Uh, yeah, pretty similarly. So I uh, work on the marketing team uh, right now, heading up uh, our uh, blog, our ambassador program in uh email program and then jumping in social media as well. Um, but yeah, I really, I mean, got introduced with Sawyer because of through hiking connected with Travis, uh, Sawyer's marketing director last year because I got some gear stolen from my car and he saw that on Instagram and reached out and was like, here, man, like, let me replace the filter. And so we connected that way. So from the, from the get go, I was like, Oh man, this is a rad company. And then went on my hike, came back, and then connected with work stuff uh, just because I was looking on, just taking on a little bit more work. And the mission of Sawyer and the, um, just how humble they are about the, inter- or I guess, the international work that we do, um, it's pretty inspiring. And so to see opportunity of telling those stories, but also just, selfishly for myself wanting to just work with a team that is so centered on 
um, the longevity of doing good and not just making gear for domestic recreation, but uh, their Sawyer's main focus is the international work and uh, it's a joy to get to clip in on a marketing role for that. Awesome. I'm super excited to have you guys on the next six weeks to talk about what Sawyer's doing, not just with their products, but with disease prevention for insect disease, insect borne disease and, and waterborne diseases. Um, so thank you guys so much for, for just telling us your story. And I, I realized in 45 minutes, we, we barely were able to scratch the surface and we could, we could talk a lot more, but thank you all so much. Before we end, when I talk to through hikers, I like to ask them, what's the story behind your trail name? Uh, let's start with Andrew. What's the story behind your trail name? <laughs> sure. Let's do it. Um, yeah. So I wear Nike wild horses on trail, uh, as my shoe of choice. Not many people do. So I have a special, or I say special, it's just a more unique footprint. Uh, and so I was walking in the desert, probably like 150 miles in. So just after Warner Springs on the PCT and had two women from San Francisco come up and they had been following me uh, for a day or two and had seen my footprint and they had been calling me peanut. So came up to her water source. Of course, there's like 30 people there because it's the desert and like the first couple hundred miles. So they're like, peanut, that's you. And from there, it, it stuck. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's me. And where can people find you, uh, Peanut, on on social media if they want to they want to follow you or, or see what you're doing outside of Sawyer? Uh, great question. Uh, so I have a I have a blog that I am looking at uh, updating soon. So I, I guess I'll send people there. Uh, stilloutside.com, and then shoot me an email at Andrew at stilloutside.com. Awesome, Prodigy. How did you get your trail name? Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, let's see. So I mentioned I was a dual citizen of Hong Kong. Um, so when I was growing up there, I was on uh, – I really enjoyed table tennis. So I was in club and then started doing youth comps and then got noticed by the national team and started competing for them once I qualified and was uh, first alternate for the uh, – youth olympics when i was 12 so i was pretty good at table tennis and yeah so let that sink in for five four three yeah two, i had one. no idea what are you and kidding me? i got you guys i got you both i'm joking what? <laughs> oh, um, wow i was wow. sitting here like how did i not how? know this about my coworker? are you kidding me i had to do the okay. countdown for you um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny because when I got my trail name, I would tell people a different story along those lines and and then I would let it sink in and then tell them the truth. But part of me wishes I didn't tell anybody the truth so that they would compare stories along the trail. <laughs> um, so this this is the truth. I uh, was able to well, I wouldn't say I was able to. I was stubborn on my first through hike and hiked into the night on my first day and should have stopped at mile 20, but kept going till about mile 28.7. And then uh, a few days later, I ran into a couple, uh, their names are graduate and T-Rex. So they became the first couple to do the calendar year triple crown. And you should have them on the show, actually. Uh, that would be amazing. 
we we met up right before uh, the the big hill or big climb to Warner Springs that Andrew just mentioned. Um, there's a pretty exposed climb where there's no water except the water cache that Trail Angels put out. And I had overheard them saying, hey, we're doing 30 miles a day so that we can go finish this trail and then go hike the Colorado Trail. And this was my first hike. And I just looked up like, wait, what? <laughs> and somehow, some way, I was able to keep up with them. And eventually they settled on that name because they had trained for you know a few months to get in that shape. And I wouldn't say I wasn't training, but I wasn't training like that. And so they said hey, you're able to keep up with us at this pace, then you got to be some sort of prodigy. So it was uh, the first name, trail name, that I wrote in a trail book that wasn't uh, a regular name and kind of stuck. It still feels weird sometimes because now I've done these things. So am I still technically a prodigy? But <laughs> each their own, right? Awesome. Andrew Prodigy, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, sharing your story and talking about Sawyer. And I look forward to having uh, these five-minute Sawyer segments on the show each week. And uh, thank you for partnering with the Hiker Podcast and uh, letting people know the, the story behind the trekking poles and how uh, hiking has changed them and they can go and change the world. So, guys, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Andy. Yeah, thanks for having us. Guys, I know this was a long episode. Thank you so much. I am just blown away by by Tyler and Andrew Prodigy and Peanut. I, I'm so ex so excited to have them on the show. So excited to have Sawyer on board for the next six weeks. Sawyer is going to have a Sawyer segment. It goes anywhere between four and seven minutes. Where we're talking about what Sawyer's doing how their products works, where you can get it, so on and so forth. I do need to, I, I totally goofed and I realized it like in the middle of the episode or actually not at the end of the episode. I didn't realize it. Tyler pointed it out to me. He's like, oh, I forgot to get my socials. Like, I forgot to ask you your socials. Make sure you follow The Prodigy on Instagram. I, it, it, his, his username is trail name The Prodigy. That's his name there. But his username is Hiking Prodigy. Follow him. He has a website, YouTube there. Check all that out. He, his memes are hilarious. Like he's, he is the hiking meme guy. I, yeah. So make sure you follow him on the Instagrams and, uh, yeah, with that guys, you can follow us on all the various social media networks. Uh, just go to hikerpodcast.com for all the ways to listen, all the ways to follow. Make sure you enter for the Sawyer squeeze and the gear and skin repellent. And yeah, um, I don't have anything else to say. Just thank you for listening. Thank you for being awesome, being awesome listeners and being so cool to me. Um, hiking's changed my life and I hope it's changed yours. I love getting to know the person, the hiker behind the trekking poles here on the Hiker Podcast. So if you want to reach out, reach out, email Andy at Hiker Podcast. Slip me a message in my DMs on Instagram, either on the Hiker Podcast, Instagram, or my personal one, Andy Films and Hikes. I got more stuff coming down the pike personally as I'm working on some ideas for different projects. I'm just, yeah, partnerships and I'm excited. And thank you all for allowing me to be able to do this. Um, and it drives me to get more on the trail and, and, and just see what, how hiking heals and, and, and learn 
more about hiking and demystify hiking and then learn about the environments I'm hiking in. I'm just, I'm blown away. So thank you all so much. Make sure you tune in each week here. Go to hikerpodcast.com for all the ways to listen. And uh, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Hiker Podcast.